episode 74 of Music Raygun. I'm Paul Ciampanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. This is the show where we pick a music-related topic, then we watch video clips about the topic and talk about the clips. To see the clips from today's episode, check out the video playlist on our website, musicraygun.com. Kirk! Yeah! Tell them what today's topic is. Oh, guys. Today, we're talking about... Music movies. Music movies. Yes. This is one that we've sort of talked about doing yeah. for a long time. Never really landed on it. No. But here we are. We landed. Let's talk about what this episode is not. Okay. It's not music uh, documentaries. No. It's not music biopics. No. Um, it's it's movies about musicians or the music yes. industry or music fans or just... Movies for music fans. Yeah. But without being like about yeah. real bands. Yeah, real bands, real yeah. music. I'm not trying it's to learn anything here. Fictional movies about music. Yeah. Yeah. That's the loose categorization. Yes. Which I enjoy too. because they're either really good or they're so bad that they're still really good. Oh, there's definitely a little of both coming oh, up. There's in a this lot episode. of there's a lot of delicious hot garbage in this. <laughs> Let's start off with uh one of my clips. This, uh, we have to start with this movie because this is the music movie that was most made for guys like me. And mm-hmm. I think you and the type of people who would choose to listen to our podcast. <laughs> okay. Which is High Fidelity. Oh, yeah. No shit. Yeah. Oh this my is, God. This is the movie about yes. insufferable music nerds. Yes. Yes. Uh, which is based on a book by Nick Hornby. Great book. Great book. Great movie. Great movie. I can't believe this movie's about to turn 20 years old. Which is shocking. What's <clears> even <throat> more shocking is I didn't even think of that until you said it. You're like, high fidelity. I was like, oh, obviously. Yeah. Oh, my God. This movie is great. This book is great. I uh, They filmed it in Chicago. I had moved mm-hmm. by the time it came around. But I know a few people that are, have bit parts in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, maybe they'll be in the scene we're going to watch. Because there's a lot of people with bit parts in this oh, scene. Oh, excellent. Um, but this is a movie I watched at least weekly all throughout college. Yeah. Like I've seen this movie dozens of times. It's a, it's a great movie. Great cast. Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't. we don't really need to explain the plot yeah. for the purposes of context for this clip. Yeah. But it stars uh, John Cusack, yep. who plays a guy who owns uh, an indie record shop in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And two of the other actors are Jack Black and uh, Todd Luiso, who yep. play the guys who work for him. Yeah. Who are even bigger music nerds than he is. Yes. And this is like Jack Black's breakout role. Yeah, this is like you didn't really know who he was. Yeah. Um, so we're going to watch a scene which uh, is set in the record store on a Saturday night where they're just sort of doing business. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of seeing to their customers. Yes. And in, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to see a lot of opinions about different music and different bands expressed, mm-hmm. which is sort of the heart of yeah. the movie and the heart of what this podcast is. Yeah. And I have a lot of opinions about their Ooh, opinions. Ooh, I like that. So this is just catnip for an insufferable <laughs> music nerd like me. Uh, yes. Because I hard agree with some things and I hard disagree oh, with some other things. Oh, this is going to be things. good then. This so, is going to be good. Real quick, did you know that they're making this into a TV show? Yes, I did. Which is exciting. Yes. With uh, Is it Zoe Kravitz, I think? Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting because her mom's in the movie. Yeah, I know. Which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. So I got real excited about yeah. that. So this is uh, a scene from High Fidelity. All right. Especially on CD, yet another cool trick played on all the dumbasses who got rid of their turntables. 
Fast Jack Black. Yep, right on listen. All record stores look the same. Well, how about the Jesus and Mary chain? They always They always seem what? They always seem really great is what they always seem. They picked up where your precious Echo left off and you're sitting around complaining about no more Echo albums. I can't believe you don't own this fucking record. That's insane. Jesus. Okay, that, okay, that's a very specific argument he's yes. making. I have an opinion, but not as... Oh, you as, do? Uh, my opinion is real quick. Yeah. Echo and the Bunny Man's better than Jesus and Mary Jane. Ooh. I mean... Way I, more. I I enjoy them way more. I agree with the sentiment of the that argument. That yeah. like, oh, you're a big Echo and the Bunny Man uh, fan, and you have all their records, and you don't know where to go next. The Jesus and Mary Jane, they're not like derivative of Echo and the Bunny Men at all. But I can see the logic in saying, like, yeah, this is a great next step. Yeah. And also he hands him Psycho Candy, which is like the best. Yeah, I know Psycho Candy. I know Psycho yeah. Candy because of Anne. We have that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. That's definitely Anne music. Yeah. I, I love both bands. Yeah. I uh, I love them equally. But if you, if you if you think Echo's better, that's, that's to fine. me it's Echo's just a little more popular. And yeah. Like, Psycho yeah. Candy's a little more they're sort of shoegaze, proto shoegaze. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that argument. And that at, at when I was first seeing this movie, I didn't know either band. And oh, I went out and, and got albums from both of them. So how old were you when this came out? Um, I was either a senior in high yeah, school or a freshman in college. 16 or 17? Depending on what time of year this it This is 99. Out. No, it's 2000. Oh, is this 2000? Yeah. Okay. okay. But I think it's early in 2000. Yeah, early So I would have been senior in high school. Okay. I didn't see it until it came out on uh, video. Though. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. So I, I actually discovered a lot of music yeah. from this movie. And we'll talk about that a little bit in, in a minute. Uh, so now uh, Todd Luiso as Dick is talking to, uh, what's her name from Roseanne? Oh, Melissa. Uh, I can't remember. He's going he's gonna to yeah. explain something to her about punk music because yeah. her character is apparently a Green Day fan. Well, the interesting thing about Green Day is that um, so much of their music is, in truth, directly influenced by, in my opinion, uh, two bands. The Clash. Um, correct. Uh, Clash. Uh, but also... Sarah Gilbert. Sarah Gilbert, that's the it. Stiff Little Fingers. Okay. He's um, going to put on inflammable material by the Stiff Little Fingers. Right? Do you know what that is? Yeah, I'll talk. Okay. <laughs> give, give it a second. Okay. It's a new Green Day. I like I like Green Day a lot. Mm-hmm. I grew up with Green Day. I like Green Day. I, I love the Stiff Little Fingers. Yeah. They're they're one of my top five, possibly top three wow. favorite punk bands. Never heard of them before. They're great. They're from Belfast. They're an okay. Irish punk band from the late 70s. Uh, the argument that Green Day is directly influenced by the clash is totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. The argument that they're Directly influenced by Stiff Little Fingers is total bullshit. <laughs> Not having it. And they both rule, and I would recommend the Stiff Little Fingers to someone who's interested in getting more into punk. Mm-hmm. But like, especially the part with the other woman turns around and says, "Is this the new Green Day?" Nobody who knows Green Day would hear Stiff Little Fingers and, and mistake it yeah. for Green Day. Especially when you could talk about like um, any of the like. 
California 80s punk bands that actually yeah. are just, you know what I mean? Like, you could say the de- it should have been The Descendants. Like, put on Milo Goes to College mm-hmm. for her and say, this is a direct influence on Green Day. Um, yeah. It could have been. I bet you it's, someone really liked the band. It was like, we need to put them in. We need to, we need to shout out them. Yeah. 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 I, I completely expect that that's yeah. what happened. And I love the fact that they're playing Suspect Device in this movie. That's so funny. Because that song rules. Yeah. I've n- and, and get that album, everybody. But but the argument, <laughs> highly suspect. Nice. Yeah. You are geeking out. Okay. <laughs> it's great. All right. Uh, I think they go back to Jack Black now. They don't have it. This one's for you. Yeah, it's perverse. Don't tell anybody. You don't have fucking blonde on blonde. Ah. <laughs> That's funny. Now, Kirk. Yes. Do you own blonde on blonde? I do not own blonde on blonde. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, you I'll don't tell the world. Blonde on blonde. I don't need to own blonde, own blonde on blonde. I bought a copy of Blonde on Blonde when I was 16, so I'm not sweating it. So you're fine. Yeah. You got it covered. Yeah, that's right. I think I'll be fine. You don't You don't want Bob Bob Dylan's double album from 1968? I don't want Bob Dylan's single album. Uh, well, what, what hit is from there? Um, maybe the the dumb Bob Dylan song that... Well, uh, they're all called, dumb. No, but you'll, it's that song, Rainy Day Women, that's Everybody Must Get Stoned, that every like college guy thinks is great. Uh, okay. That's yeah. that's probably yeah. the most well known yeah. to most casual fans, but like everything on there is okay. Sad Eyed Lady of the Lowlands is on there, but it opens with Rainy Day Willard. Okay, Willard. that's on, and there. that's the song that dumb college freshman probably made you think you don't like Bob Dylan, and you're still carrying that with you now. <laughs> oh no, it's been there. You before. haven't done a deep dive yet. You don't need to dive deep. <laughs> Stay in the shallow end. Thank you. Right, okay, this is interesting. Uh, now. Uh, John Cusack is going to put on a particular CD. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we're going to see my friend. Oh, see the guy who says this is good. Yeah. Okay. Did you hear what John Cusack said? I'm now going to sell five CDs of five copies of the three EPs by the Beta Band. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's a compil- they put out three EPs and they put out a compilation of okay. three EPs and it's just called the three EPs. And you know the Beta Band. Well, I'll talk about that okay. in a second after he, after he plays it and we see your friend. We see my friend. Who I figured it was either going to be him or the guy the that Jack guy. Black is talking yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> Not that guy. Nope. That's there he you. is. You know that guy? It's Matt O'Neill. Okay. Matt O'Neill. I did theater with him in Chicago. Okay. Who is that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know how many copies of that CD this movie sold. I would guess it's more than five. Yeah. I can guarantee it's at least one because <laughs> I bought it as a direct result. That's so great. Yeah. That clip of that song sold me on that album. And I bought it and it sucks. Oh, does it? I don't like it. Wow. Tried to convince myself for a while, but let me explain a couple things about what just happened. First of all, eight of 12 songs on the three EPs are longer than five minutes. And you know how I feel about that. One of them's longer than 15 minutes. Did you like it based on the movie or because you're listening in the scene and going, oh, this sounds interesting? I I liked it because I heard the clip that they played in the scene Mm -hmm. and I thought it sounded good, just like your friend Matt. Yeah. And I bought the CD 
as a direct result. And I still like that part, but let me explain something okay. about what you just heard. That's from the song Dry the Rain, mm-hmm. which is the first uh, cut on the record. But when he puts in the CD, it magically starts playing at four minutes and two seconds into the six minutes and six seconds oh, of the song. Oh, wow. The whole lead up to that point is fucking boring. <laughs> so, so they just... I don't, you know, he he pops the CD into the machine and somehow it just starts playing at the most Magically. interesting part, yeah. at the climax, right, yeah. where it just grabs you, where they should have just started the song, because just make it a two-minute song. Yeah. There's four minutes of really boring right before what you just heard. Interesting. I did not think this is how it was going to go. Yeah. I thought you'd be like, oh, Beta Band, because of this, I love them. Nah. That's amazing. Really tried to. But I remember listening to the song for the first time, and you know, I had looked up to see what song it was, so I yeah. knew it was "Dry the Rain," and I'm listening. I'm like, "This isn't that song from." Yeah. The, and then four minutes into it, I'm like, "Oh, here's the good part. <laughs> Here it is." I wasted, well, great. I just wasted four minutes yeah. of my life. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so if you're thinking of buying the three EPs <laughs> by the Baby Band, give it a listen on Spotify first because you can do that because <laughs> you can do that these days and not in 2000. Yeah. Oh my God, what a blast from the past. Right. Uh, but they packed a lot into that little scene. They really did. It's a great team. And I had a lot of thoughts. And normally, under normal circumstances, like if I were just watching this movie with friends, I would want to say everything I just said, but I wouldn't want to be that guy. No. So I just, you know, put a lid on it. But that's what this podcast is exactly. for. Exactly. Because otherwise at the party, they'd be like, okay, Paul, shut up. <laughs> They're still saying that. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but this is, there's literally a microphone in front of me, and this is why I do yes. this. Okay. It's the opportunity. <laughs> Let's talk about... Uh, Streets of Fire. Oh, fuck yeah, Streets of Fire. I know that you're excited about this. I have no idea what this is. Streets of Fire is a weird hybrid movie Mm -hmm. that makes no sense (laughs) but is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little backstory. Streets of Fire is a passion project from Walter Hill, director Walter Hill, who uh, before this directed Warriors. And then before, after Warriors, he directed 48 Hours. Oh. Which was huge. And so 40 Hours was a huge hit. And then it became, I'm doing Streets of Fire. Like now he's got some capital. So much. He had capital going up to 48 Hours as like mm-hmm. this action guy. Yeah. Then 48 Hours blew up and they're like, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a huge Walter Hill fan. This is a great movie that doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. It didn't do well because it's this weird music movie that takes place kind of in the future mm-hmm. but also looks like it takes place in the 50s because people are dressed like that but okay. yet it's still kind of the future it stars your favorite Diane Lane oh okay this is not the only movie no. we're going to talk about with Diane Lane Diane Lane is in this yeah. uh, playing a rock and roll star who gets kidnapped by a biker gang led by Willem Dafoe okay uh, and they have to be rescued by her old boyfriend who you might know this guy. I know him because he's a early 80s star. Michael Paré. I know that name. You've talked about yeah, him. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. They were like grooming him to be like, he's going to be the next big thing. Isn't he in The Warriors? No. Okay. He's in, uh, uh, that's James Remar. Okay. Uh, Michael Paré was in uh, The Greatest American Hero. <laughs> Is he the main character? He's that guy? No, he's not, he's not oh, William okay. Cat, The Greatest American Hero. He plays okay. one of the teenagers. I've never I've never seen The Warriors, and I've never seen Streets of Oh, I mean, but... Uh, yeah. Warriors is great. So um, you're gonna like this because there's some there's some. Uh, so so how is it a music movie? Because Diane Lane is a rock and roll. Star. So the whole thing takes place, and there's a whole musical soundtrack of yeah. original music. So they gotta go. 
they got to go get her back. And oh, Rick Moranis is in this playing her <laughs> <What>? manager. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Amy Madigan. Amy Madigan as the bus driver from Field of Dreams. Yeah, it's a bizarre movie. Yeah, and Deborah Falkenberg from Too Close for Comfort. Uh, her, I don't know. Who's also in the Warriors? Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of people in this, and it's just kind of a big mess. But I love it. This is the first movie. Once we say we're doing this, I'm like, I'm putting in Streets of Fire. <laughs> so this is a great song. Now, this is even weirder. This song is called I Can Dream About You by mm-hmm. Dan Hartman. Mm-hmm. This was a huge hit in, I think this was 84. Uh, huge hit. Huh. The video you're going to see is the video uh, of the song, but it's also from the movie. And this isn't Dan Hartman. This is a made-up band lip-syncing to Dan Hartman. Oh, Okay. I see. Yes, I can't remember the name of the band in the movie. There's a second. So Eddie and the Cruiser style. Yes, it's not a separate recording for the soundtrack, but it's fictional characters lip syncing to correct an actual correct. Artist. Okay, you might know this song. It was a big hit. I love this song so much. Oh, this is seeming a little familiar to me. Now, you're going to recognize most of the guys in this fictional man who I'll tell you. It's hard because they have sunglasses on. Let's wait for the, the hook. Do you know it? No, I don't think so. Oh, no. this is good. Okay, so... Here's the guys in the group. These are all actors that played these parts. Yeah. So I'll tell you the lead singer in a second. Okay, the three uh, guys who are the backup singers. Is one of them Robert Townsend? One of them is Robert Townsend. Okay. The other one is uh, Michael Williamson, Bubba Gum. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. And the other, his name is Ricky Johnson. Yeah. And he did a ton of work, which you know most for, he was in Die Hard. As one of the uh, federal agents, Johnson. You know the Johnson Johnson joke? Oh, no. I thought you were going to say he's the limo driver. No, right? no. He's the one where they were like, there's the big famous line. It was like, just like Vietnam. He's like, I was in high school, asshole. That's Ricky Johnson. <laughs> I don't remember that, but uh, I've only seen Die Hard yeah. a few times. How dare you. And then uh, the lead singer is a man named Stoney Jackson, who is in the uh, third season of The White Shadow. Uh, ah. Is also in Beat It. Oh, okay. And I think he did like Amen and isn't all this stuff. Yeah. So, uh, a real who's who. Yeah. That's quite um, a mix. Yes. And they're all dressed like Pee Wee Herman. And I, lo- I love this outfit. I love all their outfits. No, they're not wearing bow ties. No. So. Um, but yeah, it's just a real weird movie. Michael Parry comes in as like this outsider to save the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they guess they have this big concert. Um... It's not, yeah, it's just kind of a big hodgepodge mess of like, it's kind of modern, but it's kind of dated. Yeah, you told me this is a movie about a rock star who gets kidnapped by a biker gang. Yeah. And that's not the vibe I'm getting from what I'm seeing. No, it's not. But there's some good fight scenes in it too, where at the end, Michael Paré and Willem Dafoe have to fight with pickaxes. (laughs) And it's great. It's great. You're also telling me that it take it takes place in the future. It's like it's but like, it has a '50s throwback vibe. Yes. But also in the future, apparently Jerry girls are going to come back. Yes. In style. It's weird. Like future is in like it's not '84. It may be like 1990. 
Oh, okay. So just a, a few years. Yeah. Which, okay. But like all the cars are kind of old. There's a lot of rockabilly. Okay. Willem Dafoe's Willem gangs dressed all like as like bikers. Mm. Uh, so it's just way weird. Michael Parry's dressed like a guy in a trench coat with suspenders and greasy hair. So it's a, it is. It's a real hot This was the big hit from it. And this was actually a big hit. Yeah, this sounds like a real uh, 80s M.O.R. Yes. style yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah, And Dan Hartman was a songwriter who uh, did uh, music for a lot of people. He had a big disco hit in the 80s called, or late 70s called Instant Replay. Okay. Uh, that has G.B. Smith on it. Oh, yeah, sure. And uh, one of the guys from Kiss before, who replaced Ace Freely. I don't know their names. I don't know I only names. know the core exactly. four. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this was And his then he went on to create Rick and Morty, which is a big hit. What? Dan Harmon. That's <laughs> Dan Harmon. This is Dan Hartman. Oh, oh, I see. But I can see the mistake. Yeah. Because this, the, the talents are similar. <laughs> yes. But uh, go see Streets of Fire. Just go watch it on YouTube and you'll be like, what? Oh, is there a full upload on YouTube? I think there is. If not, it seems like the kind of movie yeah. that would just be someone put it there's on YouTube. There's so many clips of it that you can basically just go clip by clip. Yeah. Like, I, I, I get this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it definitely looks odd. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird one. Uh, let's t- talk about a more recent movie that I'm sure you didn't see. Did see. You did see. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you like Inside Lewin Day? Loved it. Did you like the music in Inside Lewin No. No. Okay, that's fine. I loved it. It's a great movie. Great movie. Real great character, yes. Lewin Davis. Yes, I was. I remember watching that and just thinking, like, this is a movie about what if Mark Maron had been a folky in the early sixties? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> just like alienates everybody. And yeah, is... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the music in Inside mm-hmm. Lewin Davis, which it, it, he is. He's based on Dave Van Ronk, and it's a very true to life depiction of early sixties New York folk scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's one, there's one song in it that is a novelty song, just mm-hmm. a straight ahead novelty comedy song. Do you remember the scene where they do the "Please, Mr. Kennedy" song? Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, Justin Timberlake is in this movie, yeah, and he's great. In it. And Adam Driver is in it. Oh, I forgot, I forgot. Along with Oscar Isaac is the is the uh, title character. So this song I didn't know until way later is like. Not just a parody, but it's basically a re-recording of an existing song called Please Mr. Kennedy. Oh, I had no idea. But the original, it's different lyrics. It's the same tune and the same theme. The original song is about Please Mr. Kennedy, like, I don't want to go to war Mm -hmm. because it's about the Vietnam War. Uh, And this version in the movie is about, like, please don't shoot me into outer space because it's about (laughs) the space program. Oh, my God. So... This just cracked me up. This is like the biggest laugh to me. And the reason is Adam Driver. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know if you remember. I forgot that he was in this until you yeah. just said it. This is like from near the beginning of the movie where Lewin Davis goes into the recording studio. And is just sort of like he goes in and will get paid a few bucks to be on you know yeah. different records. And it's sort of like, uh, you know, uh, piecemeal for him. Um, so at the beginning of the clip, he's sort of rehearsing the song with Justin Timberlake and Adam Driver, and then we're going to hear the whole performance. Yeah. And this is just really silly, and it makes me laugh a lot, especially because of Adam Driver. Yeah. I can't wait, because I forgot that he's in it. I don't want to go send me off in the outer space. I sweat when they put me in the mattress. Mr. Lillipopo, please, into the... 
into the verse. Really? Yeah. Oscar Isaac is one of my favorite actors. He's, he's so good. So good. No, no, no. No, you just do the pop up Oh my god, I totally remember him driving just from that. With that, like, baritone. Yeah. <laughs> like he thinks they're just recording someone's bullshit <laughs> yes, song. Yes, they were all just he wrote. Oh my god! I forgot all about this. <laughs> that hat. Yeah, why is he wearing the hat? Oh, I forgot how good this movie is. <laughs> Adam Driver just saying outer? Uh, and that little pause Space. is great. Like, cracks me up every time. Such a dumb song. And this, like I said, this is a real song that's like a protest song, yeah. and they reworked it to be about the space program. Which is just stupid. Yeah, and then Adam Driver just making it more stupid. He's also one of my favorite actors. Oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> he must have tried so many times not to laugh. I know, I know. <laughs> We're just making them laugh. Yeah. Timberlake's great in this movie, too. I love Timberlake. Yeah. I, I write hard for Oh, <laughs> <laughs> He's all mouth. Yeah. I mean, he's a weird-looking guy, but... Yeah, he's great. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to watch that. That's great. And also share the fact that if you're interested, go on Spotify or, or YouTube or whatever and listen to Please Mr. Kennedy by the Gold Coast Singers. Oh, to get the real thing. Because that's the original version. And yeah. It's just that song, but it's like, it's like I said. It's, yeah. It's about something a little heavier than... <laughs> then then Flash Gordon oh, boots and get yeah uh, there, yeah and there's no one in the background going uh oh outer via space no yes. that's not part of it via calm yeah. oh my god I forgot about this movie it's so good especially the yeah. ending because the ending is so downer it's great yeah such a and it's so true yeah don't spoil anything but oh my god the ending you're just like it's so true that's the Coens for you yeah. They are. They can be really silly and hilarious. Yeah. I mean, this is the same dude who gave you Raising Arizona and No Country for Old Men. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's a great movie. And yeah. If you're a fan of music and you haven't seen it, then sure. I, don't, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. What do you guys do? Yeah. Come on. Uh, let's talk about a movie we've talked about in two previous episodes. 
Yes. That is the uh, brainchild of your hero. <laughs> My hero, yes. And yet you fully acknowledge this movie is trash. This movie is full trash. Uh, <laughs> but you love to talk about it. I love to talk about Graffiti he, Bridge. Here's the thing. We've watched the trailer for Graffiti Bridge. We've watched a clip. We did for... I think in The Princess. Oh, first God, yeah. Episode. You know, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we, we did something else with Graffiti we Bridge. Did, Maybe we uh, watched the performance. We, did, we would watch the time to release it because it's a really good song. Right. But we've never watched a scene from Purple Rain or Under the Cherry Moon, which are movies you no, like. Which are movies I like. I couldn't find a good one for... I wasn't going to do Purple Rain. No. I was like, people get it. People have seen it. Yeah. And I wanted to do a musical... Uh, there's only like real one musical song in Under the Cherry Moon where he's at the piano. But uh, the video for it is just like... It's more like a music video. I was like, mm, I don't want to do that. Mm. Um, so this is uh, the next best thing, which is one of my favorite songs from Graffiti Bridge called okay. Joy and Repetition. Mm-hmm. It's a love song. Um, it's the only, this and release it are the only high points of the movie. <laughs> uh, that being said, this scene where Joy and Repetition is happening is way dumb. Okay. Uh, essentially, a uh, quick recap of the movie, 1990, huge flop. This is uh, a sequel to Purple Rain. It's a spiritual sequel. I thought Prince was playing the kid again. Yeah, kind of. Okay. But it's not like, it's not a sequel in the sense that six years has passed. Right. They've changed and now own nightclubs. It's, they're the same characters, mm-hmm. but that, it's like. It's like Purple an alternate Rain. timeline? Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. Purple Rain never existed. Ah. So they own dueling nightclubs. Morris's is more popular. Mm-hmm. Prince's is faltering. Morris wants to own all the clubs, so he's trying to push Prince out. And they both fall for the same uh, woman. Uh, uh, Carmen Electra. Carmen Electra. Uh, no, uh, Aurora. Uh, Aura. I think her name is, in the movie, her name is Aura, uh, played by Ingrid Chavez, who was a poet that Prince became smitten with. Couldn't find anyone. That week. Well. Knowing Prince. In the movie, he wanted Madonna to be uh-huh. the, the female lead. And apparently she's like, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> like, is on record going, this is a piece of shit. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I've got to go do a uh, body of evidence. Body of evidence is great. And then uh, and then he, at the time, he was dating Kim Basinger. And he's like, Prince was? Yeah. She wasn't married to Alec Baldwin? No, because she was oh. uh, uh, still, uh, it was during the Batman. They hooked up during Batman. Oh, I didn't know that uh, they had ever hooked up. Yeah. So while they... Um, uh, while they were dating, he's like, Kim, huh? Yeah. And she's like, mm, no. <laughs> and then he was trying to get like, then he was like, oh, maybe I'll just get Sheena Easton because we've worked with her before. Yeah. And then he just became smitten with his poet, Ingrid Chavez, who apparently is a great poet, but she cannot act and is awful in this. <laughs> uh, ruins the movie, but that being said, the movie was already ruined. Yeah. But this song is great. Join repetition. Enjoy the song as I explain the dumbness that's happening. <laughs> okay. And it's not really, it's actually pretty not woke. So, he's coming out of the club Pandemonium, which was the Times Club, which if I'm remembering correctly, Morris wanted to hook up with Aura and got her drunk. Mm -hmm. And then Prince came in and took her away from Pandemonium, carries her over to Glam Slam, which is the name of his club. Fireman carries her. Yes, which is weird because he's tiny. Yeah. she must be tiny. So, puts her in bed, gives her a kiss. Mm -hmm. And now it's a dream sequence. Ooh. I also remember you telling me this whole movie is on sound stages, which it's on was sound. very apparent yes. in that scene. We this is all filmed <coughs> in uh, Paisley Park. Yeah. And there's only one shot. 
uh, of an exterior. It's him on a motorcycle, and it's just on a street in LA. But the song is great. And so it's so now he's like, should I touch her? While she's passed out. While she's drunk. passed out. Now look what he does. I'm gonna touch her. No, I'm not. No, no, because no, I'm a good guy. I'm so torn. Like, I'm, I'm still a man with with complicated desires, but no, at the end, I'm, I'm a good. good guy. I'm a good guy. So I'm gonna bite my fingers and contemplate that. <laughs> so, yeah, this dream sequence has really nothing to do with anything. No, this is him carrying a woman again. Yes. Sure. And they're in the alley, and they're gonna kind of grind up against the brick wall mm-hmm. which is actually kind of hot because uh, you're going to be impressed with what he does here and there's the fake rain mm-hmm. there's joy in the position no joy in that ponytail for no, me, though. No, and his beard's weird, too. Yeah. But, like, nothing's happening. Like, there's, like, what what's going on? They keep almost making out. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't. And all these all these signs are, like, so- signs are, like, spiritual signs. All these... Uh, the whole movie is supposed to be really spiritual, but you don't understand what's going on. Yeah. This, this All of this makes sense in Prince's head and only in Prince's head. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it just looks so cheap. I think the grand total of the of, of box office was four million dollars. Oof. Yeah. Which it probably cost about five million. <laughs> what um, happens to genius? Yeah. How does Stevie Wonder go from Inner Visions to I Just Called to Say I Love You? How does Prince go from Sign of the Times to Graffiti Bridge? Yeah. Graffiti Bridge is not a great album. It's basically a hodgepodge of, of songs that he's had in the vault yeah. that he threw out and then added a couple of new ones. And then, as I mentioned before in the movie, like Warner Brothers was like, yeah, do a sequel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're ready. And then he gave them a treatment and they're like, no. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm going to film this. This isn't a movie script. This is a treatment. I'm filming this. And they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to pay for that. We'll distribute it, but you pay for it yourself. Yeah. So he paid for this himself. That's why they shut it at basically. Yeah. That's why it looks so cheap. Uh, makes no sense. But he got to do this because right before this was Batman. Ah. And Batman, whether which is not a great album, let's be honest. It's not the best. It's not it, the best. It has uh, Party Man on it, and it has Trust on it. Yeah, those are good. And maybe you like Bat Dance. I like the middle part of Bat Dance. And uh, Vicky Waiting. Vicky Waiting's great. <laughs> Again, but Vicky Waiting was a song he'd had like 10 years before called Susanna yeah. Waiting. And Arms of Orion. Which is a horrid song. <laughs> One of the worst songs ever. But, uh, but because that... Soundtrack had made so much money. Warner's like, you can do whatever you want. He's yeah. like, well, I'm going to make Graffiti Bridge. Yeah. I got to say, I like the look of it. I kind of like the obvious fakeness yeah. of the exteriors. Kind of reminds me of like Dark City or something like oh, that. Okay. Like, I like the heightened yeah. fakeness of it. Um, if it's if it's played to be sort of surreal. It's played but, to be sort of surreal in the yeah. sense uh, of more of spiritual. But if, if the story is an incoherent mess, then that's no, not going to save it. No, because spoiler, in the end, she gets run over by a car uh-huh. and dies on Graffiti Bridge. Mm-hmm. And then uh, everyone cries but comes together. So like Morris and Br- Prince become friends and join as one. 
because she's dead. Oh, so it's good that the woman died because the two guys got to yes. be friends over it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so the woman out. served her purpose in the plot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great. Thanks, Prince. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's Graffiti Bridge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a good song. It's a I good mean, song. Prince is still Prince. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about another movie starring Diane Lane. This is the one I knew. The only one I knew you were going to put on. Yeah, this is this is this is Paul. Ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains by Lou Adler directed this. Yeah, Um, this is from 1982. This is a movie that was made and then immediately like shelved and wasn't released for a few years after that, and only then. You can only see it on night flight. It's yeah. like a very like late night cable sort yeah. of movie. I, I associate it as a cult classic because I never. I mean, it was yeah. twelve when this came out. When it was, and I never heard of it. Yeah, it's it it, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, it made two dollars. Yeah, uh, it's got an interesting cast. Uh, Diane Lane's the lead. I'll see if you can pick out one of the other girls in the band. Oh, okay, you probably recognize. Um, we're gonna see like two scenes of them doing the same song. Mm-hmm. I. I won't go over the whole plot, but basically she's a teenager. She starts dating this dude who's the front man of, uh, of a punk rock band mm-hmm. uh, who's played by Ray Winstone. Do you know him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, from Sexy Beast. Yeah, he's, the yeah, lead he's in that. great. You'll see oh. him as very young and oh, much thinner here. This is going to be interesting. And then the rest of his band is Steve Jones and Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols okay. and Paul Simonon from The Clash. They're, oh, wow. They play his band in, okay. in the movie. This movie has Fee Waybill from the Tubes in it. <laughs> I know Fee Waybill. It's got Black Randy and the Metro Squad show up in one scene in it. Know that by name. Don't know who they are. Yeah. So the scene we're going to see, the, she, the, the, the main character, uh, Corinne Third Degree Burns, ah. forms a punk group of her own, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Stains. Mm-hmm. And in the, the first scene we're going to see, they play in public and they start doing a song that's her boyfriend's band song that she basically just stole from. Oh, okay. Her. So we'll see them doing it and then like her boyfriend reacting to the fact <laughs> that she's ripping him off. Uh, so that's how we're going to start. Here. Okay. And then also you'll see like the cult of teen girls who worship them. Good afternoon. It stands. I mean, I think I even really only know this by the trailer. Oh, wow. So all the girls are dressed up yeah. like, oh my God. Diane Lane looks so young. She's 16 or 17, I think, maybe. Wow. What's so wonderful about getting married? What don't we do? Do you want to be a professional? We don't put out is the kind of that's Oh, my God. Winston. That's Ray Winston. Yeah, little baby oh, Ray Winston. He's a child. Yeah. Wow. Gotta ask you a question. Yeah. Is Tamarine Punk? It is here because they're so punk they don't even have a drummer. <laughs> oh, shit, really? Yeah. Okay, no, that's punk then. Yeah, there's just punk. three teenagers okay. too. Now, the interesting thing about this song, which is called Join the Professionals, was an actual 1981 single by a band called The Professionals. Which was the real life band that Steve Jones and Paul Cook formed after the Sex Pistols broke up. Oh, huh. Am I supposed to Do you recognize the bass player? All right, let me take a look. If you don't recognize her here, you will in the next scene. 
Oh my god, they're so young. Yeah. Steve Jones, John wow. C. 1982. Where does this take place? Uh, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> the rest of his band thinks that he gave them Gabriel, the yeah. I mean, it's really Diane Lane singing, and I think the band's really playing, because it's not super comedy. That's it's what it's I really was thinking. Punk. It's yeah. got to be them. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's a whole movement. It seems yeah. that here in Nowhere Land, it has become clear to several thousand very young women Inspired by and you've seen the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, see through blouses and white stripes Ooh, in their hair. Getting close. Okay, so that was the scene where they do that song in public. Now we're going to watch the closing credits mm -hmm. sequence at the end of the movie, where mm -hmm. they sort of have a meltdown, and she thinks it's the end of the band. Then she hears their song on the radio, mm -hmm. and then there's a montage of a music video of them doing the song again, and it's a more studio version, and they become like this big band. So okay. you see them. Does like it sound sort of more... MTVified. Oh, is it like the sound more polished? Yes. And... Okay. Although I, I mean, this look is great. Yeah, it's a great. That's... <laughs> oh, that's LA. It looks like. Yeah. Oh, look at the credit. Oh, it's freeze frame. And the NTV. They shot this like literally years later because they tacked on the ending. Really? Yeah. Why? Because they wanted a happier ending, I guess. Wow. Is there. She looks older. That's yeah. crazy. Were they also like. Not. Oh, wait. It's. um. Son of a bitch. Yeah, it's Laura Dern. It's Laura Dern. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I wouldn't have reckoned her the first time. Not with their stains makeup. I'm wondering, is it a commentary? Like, a serious question. Yeah. Is this ending a commentary? Like, they sold out? Yes. Okay, so it is a commentary. Yep. Yeah. 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 They're, they're sellouts. Yeah. This is great because they do a little Andrew sister yeah. thing here. That's so funny. Yeah. I like that this ending is it, that they just, they completely sold out. That's because yeah. that's what happens. But it's also a cool looking sort of MTV video. It is. Yeah. This could have been an, uh, uh, an MTV video, early MTV video. Oh my God, Laura Dern. The other uh, woman looks vaguely familiar. I don't remember her name and I don't know her from anything else. But yeah, they're like noticeably a bit older than oh, they yeah. are. Oh the yeah, they really are. Proper, yeah. But also, they're like you know, the uh, the outfits and the costumes are a little bit more put together. Yeah, and, and yeah. And the oh, I love a fake magazine cover in a rock movie. It. Yeah, the guitars are also way cooler. Yeah. Oh, and there's like a synth. Yeah, because now it's the 80s, man. Oh, my God. Punk is dead. You got to be big on MTV. Yeah. Yeah. Marin Cantor. Okay, no, no, no. Christine Lottie's in this? Holy shit. Beware, though. Yeah. Wow. This is fascinating. 
It's an awesome, like, midnight movie. Yeah. I love that they added this ending. Yeah. It's a good version of this song. It is. It's Diana good. Cool. My favorite Stain song, though, is their other song, Waste of Time. That's the best one. Oh. But that doesn't get a polished version. No. On the closing uh, credits. Wow. I wonder what the original ending was. It was just that they sort of break up and it's 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 a more downbeat ending. Okay. Yeah. But this is still a more cynical ending. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean Lou Adler and the and the woman who wrote the screenplay didn't see eye to eye and, oh, and okay. he wanted to add the ending and she didn't and it was a whole thing. Yeah, know, it goes. Of course. Um, yeah. Uh, that but that, that movie rules. That's great. Definitely check it out. Yeah. And uh, the message of the movie is every 16-year-old girl should pick up a guitar. And yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. For I actually family. haven't watched it in a couple of years. i got to rewatch yeah, it. Yeah. That's, gotta re-watch that's, a, that's it. a Paul movie if I've ever yeah, seen Yeah, yeah, Yes. Uh, okay. Introduce your next clip. Okay. Uh, a little bit of an outlier for me. Yeah. Uh, this is I'm just gonna. This is the song from Once. Yeah. This Fa- won an Academy Award, right? Yeah. Falling Slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this movie. I think this is 2007. That sounds about right. It's just crazy that this yeah. is that long ago. And it's just one of those things where I think we had a screener of it and I watched it. Maybe it was just because I was way tired because uh, Lily was a baby and Theo was two. And I, but I, was, I was like blown over by this movie. I've never seen this movie. I'm sure it's good. There's not much to it. And I've only seen it once. Yeah. But the song made me cry. Okay, I was going to ask you, do you like this song? I love this song. Because this does not seem like the type of song that you would yeah. like. I love this song, but again, when it happened, I was so tired <laughs> that I think all oh, the emotions you, were there. Because you were a new dad? Still? It was a new dad. Because, yeah. yeah, Lily was a newborn and Theo was two. Yeah. And you're just so tired, so all the emotions are bubbling up. But uh, I still like this song. I've never seen the movie again. Mm-hmm. The only thing I remember from the movie are this song, mm-hmm. which is great, and that the very beginning of the movie, it's about buskers in, in Ireland. Yeah. And one falls in love with the uh, with piano playing uh, piano player. Okay. And they collaborate on a song. It's a very small, very low budget. But the beginning of the movie is a completely weird tone of like, he's busking out front and some dude steals his money. Mm-hmm. And he steals his guitar case full of money and yeah. the guy just chases him. For like a minute, and then they stop. He's like, "Sorry." It's it's just a real funny moment yeah. that never happens again in this movie. Um, but the song falls. Is it a, is it a sad and depressing movie? No, it's oh. it's very small and intimate. Yeah, uh, and sweet. Okay. Uh, and the best way to describe I, I it, I bet I'd like the movie. Like it. It's very quick and short. Yeah, it's now a Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, I think I heard about it. Yeah. yeah, but the song is. I just really like the song. I don't. <laughs> well, let's hear it and then you can dissect why. <laughs> I don't know. I should not like this song. Yeah, it's very surprising yeah, to me that I should. Like I should hate this song. I just find it very sweet and uh, I love it. And the woman with the roses is the piano player that he yes. calls in love with? Okay. A piano player, or she play player and cellist, or or cellist, mm. but she plays piano here though. Mm-hmm. 
even now I'm going, why do I like this? <laughs> I don't know. But you're not questioning that you no. do like it. No, I okay. do like it. Yeah. I don't know why. Okay. No, neither do I. No. It's not, and it's not making me feel nostalgic for 2007 when right. I had like babies because I was just tired and exhausted. Mm. This this chorus really gets me. Now, what do you not like about it? everything? <laughs> I want to put a bullet in my brain. That's crazy. <laughs> I hate this. Song. I thought for sure that you would either be like, yeah, this is a good song. It's weird that you like it, her. That's crazy. I mean, I... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is better than anything Dylan's ever done. <laughs> and I well, say that... I know that you don't like acoustic guitar, sort no, of folky I don't. music in general. Yeah. And there's a lot of that kind of music that I like. Yeah. But this sort of, like, treacly, ballady... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I find it very sweet and intimate and... Uh, I don't know. It's kind of like a warm blanket. <laughs> it's like an itchy blanket. That's been duct taped to you. It has to be waterboarded. No, yeah. this is... I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I should try to uh, have a child and then watch the movie <laughs> and then I'll think differently about it. could be it. Here's the other thing. I don't have the context of the movie around the song, which yeah. I'm sure would add something to it. No, because I don't even think of the movie right here. Okay. I, I, I just know that it's a busker and a musician falling in love in Ireland. Yeah. That's all I remember. And there's there's really not much of a plot. And it's like an... It, it sounds like the kind of movie that I'd Yeah. Like. I mean, it's like an 87-minute movie. It's way short, too. Oh, yeah. I remember. But, but this, this type... This is... This this kind of music makes me furious. So you, <laughs> so you won't see this on Broadway. Well, I mean, I've never seen anything on Broadway. I don't know why I'd start if, with this. If this came to Pantages, it's right down the street. If someone, if someone like got me a ticket, maybe I'd go. Would I would, you, wouldn't go out of my way. Yeah. But again, that's anything. I've never been to the Pantages. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even download this song. I liked it so much. It's it's it. It's an acoustic ballad, but it has those like. Soaring moments, yeah, and I like, that, the like soaring. orchestra. That's what I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like the soaring. Yeah. Yeah, I re- I have a visceral memory of watching the uh, Academy Awards when it won. Did yeah. it win or was it just nominated? I think it won. But but regardless, at the Academy Awards, every song that's nominated gets performed. Yes. And I remember seeing, I think it was Glenn Hansard. It was both of them, yeah. On yeah. stage. And me being like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and that's when I knew it was going to win. Because yeah. the Academy Awards is so good at awarding <laughs> best song to the worst song. That's so funny. Because I remember seeing it going, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's my song. Yeah. Yep, uh, and then I was disappointed in it um, for another reason. Okay, that we'll talk about later. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Ooh, teaser. Uh, but oh, you have another clip next. Oh, this won't improve your mood. You have an encyclopedic knowledge of 1980s breakdancing and hip hop film. Yes, as a subgenre. <laughs> yes. That we've talked about several times before. And mm-hmm. I can't remember if we've talked about this movie We have not talked about this one. We haven't talked about rapping We yet? haven't talked about rapping. Okay. But rapping is god-awful. It definitely seems like with that title, that's definitely 
the bandwagony one that some white studio executive was like, "We got to make a movie yes. about this rap." What are we going to call it? I just call it rapping. Rapping. Yeah, with apostrophe without the G. That's all the thought that went into it. You are not far off because this was uh, rapping was made by Canon. Canon? Canon. I think it, uh, Canon. Uh, uh, I might be saying that name wrong. Films. Mm-hmm. And they did Breaking. Oh, okay. Breaking was a huge hit. And then they're already getting ready for Breaking 2. And they were like, we need more. So this is the spiritual sequel to Break In. Not even spiritual. The other arm of him. Yes, the other arm of Like, let's yeah. do another one, mm-hmm. real low budget, but we'll do about rapping. We'll do a whole trilogy, and the third one will be called Tagging. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But rapping sucks so much that they never got rapping to tag is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so it stars uh, Mario Van Peebles, Ooh. who I like, who did directed New Jack City, a classic. Sure. Uh, as a... A uh, young ex-con mm-hmm. who returns from prison to save his neighborhood from a evil uh, land developer who's trying to take over the neighborhood. That's and, exactly the plot of Breaking Two. Yeah, and try to win a rap contest. At the yeah. same time. <laughs> and because he's an ex-con, his name is John Hood. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think in I think in Breaking Two it's specifically that Christopher McDonald is trying to tear down. No, the Christopher. Rec Christopher McDonald. No, common mistake, Paul. Christopher McDonald is in Breaking. Oh, I'm conflating the, the two. Ma- yeah, as okay. the manager who wants to rep them. Okay. Uh, in in Breaking Two, it's just a random old evil white guy who's trying to take over the to demolish the rec center. The rec center. But this is a, a land developer in general who wants to take over the neighborhood. Yeah. So here. To prep you for the scene, mm-hmm. it's um, a uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 you know when they all have the, the stu- uh, city council meeting. So it's a yeah. city council meeting, mm-hmm. and John Hood comes in to talk about why there shouldn't be uh, this shouldn't be gentrified, and he does so by rapping. Of course he does. Of course he does. And who raps with him? Eric LaSalle. Because oh. Eric LaSalle plays his best friend in this movie. And this is <laughs> fucking awkward. Uh, imagine if you were at an actual city council meeting. <laughs> and this happens. Oops. Oh, wait. Happens. We're going to... Oh, let's hold hands. No. Let's... <laughs> uh, here we go. This is rap. What? It's what we feel and the way we say it when it's real. Oh, I'll God. Yeah. My hands are uh, already sweaty. It's so uncomfortable. What, like, third-rate Hollywood screenwriter hack wrote it? Yeah. Okay. Listen for a second. Kadeem Hardison. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, ready? Pause. Yeah. Here's what's going to blow your mind. So. <laughs> Sorry, sort of blew my mind. Yeah. Mario Van Peebles is lip-syncing that. Okay. His rap was so bad he couldn't do it, so that's iced tea. <laughs> and you can eat once you know that it's iced tea, you're like shit, that's yeah, iced no, tea. Yeah, no, I gotta listen for Tracy. Yeah, yeah. Look her eye and you raised our rent. If he had his way, we'd have lived in a tent. And you're sitting oh, yeah. up there trying to look all nice. You're buying up the land for half the price. I'm flushing them dollars and talking that trash. Anything to make more cash. Don't you know we all... Oh, also, everyone's not really happy to be rapping right now. No, and it's not good, no. <laughs> it's not good. It was when I was 14. Did you, oh, so when you saw this, you liked it at the time? No, I think I liked it because it was about rap, yeah. but I think I kind of, you know, like, oh boy. 
So it was kind of those, I like this, but I know it's bad. It's whack. So that's the other, this is the other street gang. Yeah. This white guy in the hoodie and leather jacket. Uh-huh. So they become friends in the end. Yeah. I think they're going to, I think he's going to rap here and it's way bad. Oh. Yeah, there's, there's more, Paul. This is making me not like rap. <laughs> this is making you hate rap. Oh, yeah, it's so good. And the cadence is so bad. Yeah, no, this is like uh, this is like a public service announcement rap. I was gonna say it's like an assembly at school. Yeah, where some local group that's like, we gotta rap about water conservation or <laughs> yeah. whatever this is about. Gotta recycle. Gotta yeah. recycle. <laughs> yeah, and of course, hey, the city council loves it. Yeah. You've touched our hearts with your street. Stuff. Music's the evil the evil end developer like smacked his hands and ran away like damn it I got foiled darn foiled again gets into his uh oh, cat's tires slash his cat's tires yeah. but yeah just when I watched this again I was like oh my god that's Eric LaSalle yeah. <laughs> and all the white people are like hey, we like these black people yeah. man this is going well oh, but god. yeah that's rapid now- <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be that would be a challenge to sit through that whole movie. <laughs> I've seen it like twice. I didn't see it. I didn't see it in the movie theater because nothing no, goes around okay, me. But it's just VHS rental, VHS rental, and yeah. I was like, I rented it as a kid, and then I think maybe in my twenties, I'm like, I'm gonna rent it again. Mm, bad idea. No, great idea because now I liked it on a different level. Okay, because so, yeah. you you appreciated how bad it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, one of my favorite music comedies came out in 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a huge flop. This movie premiered in 10th place and made like $1 million. That's so funny because I associate it as a hit. That's so That's because weird. it's got so many stars in yeah. it and it's become sort of a cult classic. Yeah. This is the movie Airheads. Great movie. This is, now, I like this movie on its own merits, um, but I saw it years before I ever saw what has become one of my favorite movies, which is Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, yeah. Which so is this, I didn't yeah. realize that this movie is a direct parody That's of Dog Day Afternoon. crazy that you didn't know until posthumously. Right. Uh, but this is a movie, the basic plot is Brendan Fraser is the front man for a hard rock slash metal trio. Uh, the bass player is Steve Buscemi. Yep. And the drummer is Adam Sandler. Who's great in this. Everybody is great in this movie. Joe Mantegna's in this movie. Brendan Fraser's... Bre- I like Brendan Fraser. He Don't is, be mean to Brendan Fraser. I'm going to be mean to Brendan Fraser. He's not a great actor. <laughs> and he's miscast in this. Uh, he's great in School Ties. Uh, but uh, he's miscast in this. I, I, I just like this movie. And yeah. it's not... It, it's a dumb comedy. Yeah. Nobody needs to be good in it. <laughs> uh, but they... Can't catch a break. Yep. This this trio of losers yep. called the Lone Rangers is the name. Oh, of the yeah, band. I remember that. And everyone keeps making fun of what a dumb name yep. that is because there are three of you. You're not exactly lone. Yes. Um, so what they do is they break into the local radio station, their favorite like hard rock radio station, and hold everybody there hostage, just like the the bank robbers yep. talked afternoon. But instead of demanding money. All they want is for their demo tape to be played. Yes. So that they can get a record contract. Yes. That's their big master plan. It's a great idea for a movie. And it, yeah, and it's a whole dog afternoon parody yeah. where like 
the police sort of surround the place and then yep. they're barricaded in there with their hostages. The hostages start to sympathize with them. Then they become these, these folk heroes yes. and like people start to like congregate around the station and they do the whole thing. And it's yeah. very funny. And then uh, they get a visitor who's allowed to come talk to them yes. at the door who makes a proposal. Made, played by a famous person. Played by a famous face. Yes. Hey guys, Tim. Egon Spengler. Egon <laughs> Spengler. Harold Ramis. Capital Records, A&R. Come on, let me in. Told you, man, things are going on way. Take a few steps back from the door. Toss me some ID. The eternal struggle between rockers and suits. Yep. They have to work together. But yep. They need each other. That's right, yeah. Oh god, David Arquette's in this? Yeah. That's right, and Glenn Plummer. Like he didn't give it away when he said Marky Mark and the Funky yeah. Bunch. But he could be just an A&R guy who just was there for the money. And <laughs> taking taking uh, Hagar's side. Well, he explains. Yeah. I like the next question. Yeah. Wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah, God. Wrong dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Ah. <laughs> that's a great. It's, that's a really well written line. It's just a great well written line. Now you're bringing the cops. Have you tried to kill me? Is that it? Huh? I'm not going nowhere, pal. You got it. You put the power back on. Ain't going nowhere. Ernie, Ernie Hudson. Hudson plays the uh, Charles Durning role. That's right. Yeah. I also love Steve Buscemi with the long hair oh, and the rat right. beard. He's cool. Um, Chris Farley's in this. Yeah, he's he's plays a cop. Right? And Michael McKeon is in this. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. Man. Yeah. This is a, this is a lot of good people in it. This is 25 years old. Yeah. Wow. It's funny because grunge is already like kind of dead at this point, yeah. but they're still sort of like 80s style yeah. metal yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. I love this shot because there you see Harold Ramis with a gun and a badge. He is a cop. <laughs> he is a cop. They were completely right. They, they knew it. They're smart. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, smart they're savvy. They know they're fucking rock and roll. Yeah. They can sniff out a narc. <laughs> <laughs> sniff out a narc. Yeah. We, we don't need to see the rest of it. I just wanted to uh, get the shot in the where, shot. where they show Harold Ramis <laughs> rack, racking his gun with the badge on his chest. Like, shit, yeah. Shit's going down. He was, he was a phony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that Levy's Godline is so great. The, I mean, the whole movie is honestly, like, there are dumb comedies like yeah. Billy Madison that I love because they're stupid. But I think Airheads is, is honestly worth yeah. a watch, especially for music fans. I like Airheads. Yeah, it's a great and it's it's a good parody of Dog Day. It, it really is. They yeah. they honor it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, Paul. Speaking of 1994, this mm-hmm. movie took uh, uh, 
premiered in 1994. Okay, what movie is this? It's a movie that didn't actually make it to the theaters. It's called Hail Caesar. Not the Coen Brothers movie. Not the Coen Brothers movie. Okay. The Anthony Michael Hall movie. Starring Anthony Michael Hall? Starring or? Anthony Michael Hall. Mm-hmm. Directed by Anthony Michael Hall. Okay. Not written by Anthony Michael Hall. Right. Though. But uh, this is one of those movies that I saw... I just you you rent because you're like this looks so dumb. I have to watch it. And Do you, I, you don't I, remember it coming out at the time. It never came out. Oh, it, it oh, went it straight looked, to video. It literally never came. It's out. It's straight to video. Okay. So, <laughs> Hail Caesar. Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall plays a aspiring rock star named Caesar mm-hmm. who works. I'm not making this up. He works in a pencil factory. <laughs> he. Is kind of dating, or no, he is not kind of, he's dating the pencil owner's daughter. Played by Diane Lane. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Played by someone who I don't know, but there are major stars in this movie who I'll tell you about, but you don't see in this clip. So he's dated the rich daughter of the pencil owner, and the pencil owner doesn't want him dating her, so he makes a deal. If he can, this part makes no sense. Mm-hmm. If he can make, a hundred thousand dollars. He will let him date his daughter in six months. If he does a hundred thousand dollars in six months, he can date his daughter. Because then he'll be a worthy heir to yes. the pencil factory fortune. So yes. Now. Okay. If he doesn't make the a hundred thousand dollars in six yeah. months, he's got to leave the pencil factory, <laughs> and he can't date his, the daughter. Why are the words pencil factory so funny to me? <laughs> I don't know. Because it's so dumb. And in the meantime, he's got to make this $100,000. Yeah. But it's uh, bumping up against the fact that he has a band. And his mm-hmm. bandmates like, we got a gig. We got to practice. Why can't you do this? So there's conflict there, Paul. Yeah. Uh, and then, then I think in the end... I don't really remember the end, if he makes the money or not. But he Oh, doesn't... don't spoil it because I'm surely going to watch this. <laughs> well, you... you You'll never see it. I don't think the full movie is on YouTube, but clips are, and I'll talk about one of the clips. Okay. But in the end, he realizes that the rich girl isn't for him, Mm -hmm. and he falls in love with his uh, backup singer. Ah, yes. And so this is the credits of the movie. This is the final song in the movie. Oh. This is Love Is. Mm -hmm. This is sung by Anthony Michael Hall and written by Anthony Michael Hall. Wait, so he didn't write the movie, but he did write this song? Yes. He didn't write the movie. He directed the movie, but the, a lot of the music in the movie is his. And this, <laughs> and song, I'm assuming he sings it for himself. Yes, and this is "Love Is." Okay, and I, I feel like I don't have to ask, but I'm going. Do you like this? Is this song good? It's uh, it's better than rapping. <laughs> it's better okay. than the rapping, but it's okay. no, it's not good. It's not it's not cringy, but you're like, oh boy. Very much. We're really happy to be here. It's Ernest yeah, Anthony Michaels. And, uh, we're glad you came out tonight. This next song. Oh, wow. Together, yeah. called, Is that the girl he falls in love with? Yes. Well, that makes sense. Yes. So everyone's he he's in a club. They're all snapping. <laughs> right? Oh, God. Yeah. This is, this is a movie. This happened. This exists. <laughs> you, you, we're not dreaming. You're not hallucinating. This is Anthony Michael Hall singing a song at the end of a movie called Hail Caesar. Dude, how much coke was he doing in 1994? Here's the great thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, speaking of cocaine. Well, you're going to listen to this for a bit. This, this is pretty bad. This is the type of thing that could only come from 
someone with way too much um, money and cocaine. Yeah, like yeah. And he was like, "I'm nailing it. This song is killer." Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. So what? In this movie, yeah, 1994. This movie has Judd Nelson in it. Uh, it has Samuel L. Jackson in it. Oh, he called in all his favors. Called in all his favors. And, of course, it has Robert Downey Jr. in it. Oh, wow. Now, it's Robert Downey Jr. before 94, so he was kind of falling off. This is, like, the worst for him. Yes. Yeah. But there's a scene where Anthony Michael Hall goes to a record label. Yeah. And uh, uh, Downey plays the record label guy. And it's in the office. I encourage you all to just Google, or I'm sorry, go on YouTube and search Hail Caesar, Anthony Michael Hall, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and it's like a seven minute scene and it makes no sense. It's batshit crazy and you know they are improvising and fully on cocaine. Oh. It's like they're listening to his demo tape and at the same time they're dancing with each other and punching each other and wrecking and wrecking the office. It's way crazy and so much cocaine and so yeah. much weird. Like, most of us have had the experience of having to have a conversation with someone who's all coked up. Yeah. In that particular way that a cokehead will, like, they think they're t- saying the most yes. amazing, like, interesting things to you. Yeah. And it's the exact opposite of that. And this is the musical equivalent <laughs> of that conversation. <laughs> like, Anthony Michael Hall is like, yeah, I'm rocking. I'm like, this is, mm. Yeah. Everybody is like feeling everyone's feeling right my vibe. I'm vibing. Also, but it's really just like who put that douchebag in front of the <laughs> microphone? <laughs> yes. And it's also like his girlfriend, who is striking, yeah. is not even snapping on beat. No. And or singing before yes. or doing anything. No. And I think uh, all you need to know is that next to Anthony Michael Hall is a guitarist white guy in dreads. Yo, I didn't notice that he had dreads. Yeah. This is the fine this is the ending of the movie. And, and so this is, he's a hero right now. Yeah. Because okay. he fell in love with the right woman. I don't even right need woman. that darn old pencil factory. <laughs> nope. I don't need that rich girl. I got my girl right here snapping her fingers and I'm playing a club. But he didn't write this script, so I want to know no. how it, how he found it. I was don't like, know. This is the project I've been looking for. I think he, and then I think he's like, let me put my hands on it. You know what it might have been is like the script crossed his desk and he also had his music and he was like, I can put my music into this movie. I, I would not be surprised. That must be what. Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to direct it. I'll get some people in yeah. it. Don't you worry. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I am shitting on this movie because <laughs> it's way fucking bad. This is, this is atrocious. Yeah, I've seen this whole movie. Yeah. It's awful. And I like Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Like, he's done some good work. Uh, even past his teen years, he's done some good work. Oh, yeah, I like him too. He still works, but this is way like... Yeah. This was... This was I mean, the mid-90s, I feel like, are a dark period for the Brat Pack in general. For most of them, yeah. 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 I, I, I'm going to say this too, and this isn't meant to be a hot take. I mean this with all my heart. This is still better than Falling Slowly, and I would <laughs> rather put this wow. on a mix on a mix CD and listen to it. <laughs> I will say this, and this is a don't have me. I mean this from my heart. Yeah. This is better than Bob Dylan. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> and I'm not saying that to be shitty. Yeah. I would rather listen to Love Is okay. by Anthony Michael Hall yeah. than because you know what? it does kind of have a groove to it. It grooves. I could snap along to it. Yeah. You could snap better than his girlfriend. 
I'm going to tell you that. And, uh, and that's, that's the ending of Love Is. See, there's a good, there might be a, there might be a good song in Love Is if like or professional, teaser, talented yeah. people. Yeah. Not just a guy who's like, I'm going to sing a song and. Yeah. Like yeah. that song might be good if talented people performed it. I can't quite tell. Yeah. I can see that. Anthony Michael Hall is not a talented Yeah. The, but you owe it to yourself. And I'll show you a bit of it afterwards. Yeah. Go to uh, YouTube and just uh, hail Caesar, Anthony Michael Hall, Robert Downey Jr. And be like, oh, there's just all kinds of coconuts. <laughs> it's a weird music movie. Okay. Well, let's watch a clip from a movie with a bunch of actual talented mm-hmm. musicians. Uh, have you ever seen The Commitments? Not really. Just bits and pieces. Okay. so yeah. the, this, I know of it. I know how big it is. And... Yeah. The basic plot of this movie is a bunch of uh, poor kids from Dublin form a soul band in the early 90s. It's set contempor- uh, contemporarily to when it was, came out. But they they form this band to do like 60 soul hits. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of like a Bad News Bear style. Yeah. Like, they start off and they're real scrappy and sort of rough around the edges. And throughout the movie, you see them perform at different gigs mm-hmm. and they get really polished. And by the end, they're locally very popular. Yeah. Uh, and one of the secret ingredients of the band is is their lead singer, who's actually like a 16-year-old kid. This this kid with this great like oh soul, God. like Wilson Pickett yeah, voice. Yeah, I thought he was much older. No, that actor was actually like 16 or 17 when they made the movie. Wow. But we're not going to watch one of the performances that he does. Mm -hmm. Because the band has uh, three lady backup singers. Yeah, I remember that. And they do uh, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Loved You. And they get sort of a front center Mm -hmm. spotlight where uh, the actress is Maria Doyle, who's an actual Irish singer and and actor. She sings lead on this. And I like this better uh, than than the other guy. I can't remember what the big hit was that they covered. It's... uh... Uh, try a little tender. That's what it was. Was yeah. the big showstopper show at the stopper. end of the. At the that end actually of the movie. charted again. It was, it it's a, a good big, version. Yeah. Uh, but but people might recognize this uh, actress because she played Catherine of Aragon on The Tudors and Vera Bates on Downton Abbey, and she acts a lot, oh, so she does a lot of oh, things. Oh, I know Downton. And there's someone else that you might recognize. Ooh. Okay. Uh, but I, I think this is this is a good. I mean, nobody's Aretha Franklin, but this is a good version mm-hmm. of this song. It's impressive. God, this is what, what year? 91. That's her. It's fun, I don't recognize her from Downton Abbey, but she can sing. Oh, you've seen uh, Downton Abbey? Abbey? Yeah, I like Downton Abbey. I, I having only seen bits and pieces of the movie, I do like this better than yeah. the, than the than the young front guy kid. That that guy. Yeah. yeah. God, I thought in my head he was like in his twenties. Well, he's got such a voice that you're like, how does it? That dude old? was sixteen. Yeah. Holy fuck! You recognize that dude? Yeah, that's the guy from Falling Slowly. Yeah, that's Glenn Hansard. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. He's the guitar player in the commitment. Synergy. <laughs> Ah, I know how you love synergy. I do. Uh, I like the music he plays in this movie much better. <laughs> okay. Wow. Oh, he must have been a kid too. All the, I mean, they didn't get actors for this movie. All the musicians are actual yeah. musicians. That's so funny that he's in this. I had no idea. I am vibing on her. No, she's, she's great. Yeah. Whoa. Well, this is toward the end. Like... 
throughout the whole movie, you know, they're all just sort of like working class kids and yeah. they don't dress and they don't style themselves but like every gig they do they're a little bit more polished okay. not just musically but how they look mm-hmm. so that by the end like they all look awesome and they've yeah. got like you know they pull it together and makeup and yeah that's so crazy that it's Glenn Big director directing? Um, I don't know who directed it. I swear to God, it was no, like Alan Parker. Alan Parker, yeah. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. a big director. He's a big director of the time. This was a kind of a phenomenon. This movie because it kind of came out of nowhere. It's great. It's yeah. another one I didn't see until college, but I've I've watched it a lot. Yeah. There's a whole plot point where. Wilson Pickett's doing a gig in Dublin and, and he's supposed to come and see them. Oh. Like it's a waiting for Guffman sort of a thing. Oh, okay. They think he's coming to see yeah. the band at this gig. Oh, okay. That was great. That's even though all the other performances are that other kid doing them. Whenever I think of this movie, I think of Maria Doyle singing Rightfully that song. Rightfully so. That's great. Yeah. That's really well done. Yeah. That's it for this episode of Music Ray Gun. The show is produced and hosted by me, Paul Ciampanelli. And me, Kirk Pinchon. Original music is by Bagweed. Our credits music is Ray Gun by Bad Bad Not Good and Ghostface Killer. If you like Music Ray Gun and you know someone else who might like it, please tell them about us because word of mouth is the best way to share the show. Until next time, see ya! See ya!